Hey everyone, welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. My name is Jamie Schaefer and I am your host. Um, thanks a lot for push and play today. Um, so I'm going to do something kind of, I think it's going to be kind of cool. Um, I am going to be starting um, a series and um, we are going to be talking about the fruits of the spirit and um I think it's gonna be kind of cool to like just kind of dive in and um see what each one of these fruits um of the spirit um does for our relationship with Jesus and how we spread um we spread his love for everybody else. Um, these fruits will um, set us apart from the people of the world. Um, and you'll see why. Um, I'm sure that you have probably heard what the fruits of the spirit um, are before. And, but we're going to review it. So you're probably maybe even asking, okay, well, I've heard of them, but where do I find that? In the Bible. So you're going to find it in Galatians um, chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. Um, but the spiritual nature produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. There are no laws against things like that. Um, and um, I'm reading um, the God's Word translation. So, um, so yeah, so I'm just kind of feeling led to do a series on the fruits of the spirit and, um, and I kind of, well, not kind of, I definitely, um, was inspired to do this because, um, I think you have heard me say before, if you've listened to some of my, um, other podcasts, um, that, when we go to church on Wednesday nights, um, I, you know, I take Brinley, drop her off at youth group, and then I go to the, um, the prayer service and the sanctuary. And usually, um, before the prayer service, um, somebody gives a message and, um, does a study. And Pastor Shane had been going verse by verse of Hebrews, which I feel like you either really love to study the Bible that way or you hate it. There's like no in between with that situation. Um, I love it because to me, like sometimes when I read the Bible, um, it doesn't always make sense to me. It's getting better, but um, I love to take a whole book and see what each verse means and learn what each verse means. Um, some are very simple, okay? They're very simple to know what they mean. And other ones just, I need a little more direction with it. I can't figure it out on my own. Um, not that I'm meant to, meant to study it with God, but sometimes I just can't quite grasp what um, the writer was trying to say or what God was trying to say. And a lot of times, 
Um, for me, when I learn the background of a book, then I can understand a little more what they may be talking about. Um, other people really love doing um, Bible studies. Um, I've done both. I don't hate doing that. Um, but I, but when you, sometimes when you do a Bible study, um, it takes like snippets of the, of the books and then I don't always quite understand as much. I understand a little bit, but I like to, I like to know what the entire book is saying, if that makes sense. But not that that's what we're going to be doing with this series. We're clearly not going to, um, but we're going to just learn a little bit more about the fruits of the spirit. And so, like I said, I go to this Wednesday night prayer service and I, um, really love taking a book apart verse by verse, but pastor Shane wasn't there on Wednesday. We had, um, we were, we, our message was taught by, um, pastor Lee Hyman and he gave a really wonderful lesson on joy. And, um, he kind of started off with the fruits of the spirit. And that's why I thought, I know this is a long way to get to this. And you're probably saying, just cut to the chase, girl, just cut to the chase. But it's why I wanted to study the, the fruits of the spirit, because I know that I need a lot of help with a lot of those fruits. Like, honestly, the only one that I'm probably super strong in is faithfulness. I have like glimpses of other ones <laughs> um, from time to time, but um, I really want to learn more about them and apply them more to my life, um, especially patience. Patience is probably the worst one that I have. Um, I don't have much of it at all. Was not blessed with that fruit quite as much, but we're going to try and fix a little bit of that. So, um, so anyway, Pastor Lee um, gave a really great lesson on joy and I, it touched me, it touched me. Um, and I related it, related to it in so many ways. And so I felt as though I should share it with you guys. So, um, so I've really struggled with joy or the lack thereof in my life until very recently. I mean, I'm saying until last year. Um, I never thought I would feel real joy ever in my life. And I was extremely jealous of the people who had it. There you go, guys. Um, I've admitted it. And um, here's the deal. When you are jealous of somebody else's stuff, um, I think we've talked about before, that's like coveting them. Okay. That's like you, um, it's just not, it's, it's absolutely unhealthy. Um, it only brings misery, um, when you become jealous of what other people have and, um, you try to like, uh, 
drag them down. Um, you become a miserable, miserable person to be around. Um, so like I said, um, I was very jealous of people who had joy. Um, but you know, God is probably what you are saying. I, I'm going to say that I knew, you know, I, you're, you're like, like you'd say, but you, you knew God, you know, God. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to say that I knew of God, um, which is a really, um, frightening thing for me to say. Um, he was really just an acquaintance of mine. I'm sure um, I was singing his songs, but I also would sing songs off of the radio of performers that I know of. Um, That doesn't mean that I know them. Get it? So just because I'm singing church songs, like God songs, doesn't mean that I knew God. Um, As soon as I made time for God and grew my relationship with him and listened to what he wanted me to hear about my life, then I started to know real joy. God is the source of our joy. As Pastor Lee said on Wednesday, joy is a characteristic of God. When we know God, I mean really know him, not just an acquaintance, then we will know joy. When we know God, then the old things that used to bring us joy will not matter anymore. And honestly, did those things, did those old things really bring us joy anyway? Um, I'm going to say only for a fleeting moment until we wanted the next thing that would bring us joy. The joy that God gives to us is never ending. So there were a few things that Pastor Lee listed that he called joy killers. And they were self-inflicted expectations, unforgiveness, and sin of any kind that allowed to grow that's allowed to grow and thrive and then he also listed things that he called joy generators and they were um Acknowledge God's joyfulness, display God's attributes in worship, live in biblical community with others, talk to others about Jesus, give it over to God, and then remain close to Jesus. So, um, here is where I want us to get down and dirty with ourselves and analyze what is affecting our levels of joy. So 
So Pastor Lee said that we need to see what is killing the joy in our lives. We need to identify this so that we can pray about and fix it. We can't fix what we don't acknowledge, correct? I mean, if you're not going to acknowledge it, then there's no way to fix it. You're not going to fix it. Um, so we need to put into practice one or two of the things that generates joy. And we can start small and then incorporate more of those joy generators. But first, you have to realize that you have some joy killers in your life, okay? Um, And if you don't, great, okay? That's awesome. I'm very happy for you. Um, But there are a lot of us who have definitely had things happen to us. And um, set off those joy killers. Okay. Okay. So as I sat in that sanctuary on Wednesday night, I looked at those joy killers. And I am sure that... All of those listed have stolen my joy, but the ones that stuck out for me were self-inflicted expectations and unforgiveness. Um, And I want to say that unforgiveness is like poison to our lives. Um, A lot of times when we don't forgive, we are drinking our own poison. Because here's the deal. The person who has wronged us has moved on with their lives. Um, Some of the time, they don't even know that they wronged us. Okay? Like, they might not even realize it. And then there's other times when um, they know they've wronged us. But you know what, guys? They don't care. Okay? They're on with it. They're on with their lives. They don't they don't even think about it anymore, but we still are. Okay. We're holding on to that poison in our lives. Okay. And we're just sitting there harboring bitterness. So bitterness is poison. If we don't address it, then it starts to spill out into the rest of our lives. And then we become a person that no one wants to deal with or be around. And it's really unfortunate and it, it happens over time and we probably don't even realize it's starting to happen, but guys, it happens that bitterness just seeps out of our pores. Okay. It's like our new aura, right? Um, so bitterness leads to a really lonely life and it leads to misery. Like guys, have you ever heard the saying misery loves company? Okay, well, misery loves company, so we want to drag everyone into our miserable lives. We will just sit there and just talk about how miserable we are and, and, and why we're miserable and everything is just, is just out of dark glasses and, and it just is all ugly and, and 
everything bad happens to there's nothing good we don't ever talk about anything good okay that's what bitterness does to you makes you miserable and then everything becomes miserable and you know how I can say this you guys okay I can say this because I have done this and it is a very very lonely life Okay, like (laughs) bitterness takes root and it strangles our joy. And where there is bitterness, there cannot be joy. I personally have to be very careful of bitter people because I am easily dragged back into that state if I don't watch myself. Like guys, I... Like, I can be queen complainer. I really can. I can complain about everything and anything, and it doesn't matter what it is. I can become the queen complainer. All right? So, I really, really, really have to watch myself. Um, I've learned to keep these people at an arm's length and love and pray for them from afar. Like, I don't, I don't stop loving them, but I also can't be super close with them either. So, um, I don't like me when I'm bitter. Okay. So you're probably saying, okay, well, what do I do about this? All right. Well, forgiveness is essential to fighting bitterness. And some people we can forgive and go on like everything is okay. And others we need to forgive and keep at an arm's length due to the type of hurt or the constant hurt that they have done to us. Um, It's okay to forgive a toxic person and then stand back from them. Like you need to forgive them so that you don't have bitterness get rooted inside of you. But you could also need to stand back from them. Um, Toxic people can steal our joy. And that does not mean that we cannot still love and pray for them. That also doesn't mean that we need to have them be a constant in our lives. If they are a constant in our lives, then they will continue to hurt us. And then it's going to get harder and harder to forgive them. And then you end up rooted in bitterness. Um, I was scrolling through Instagram a few days ago and a post, um, on uh, Christine Kane's page. She's a motivational speaker. She works with A21, which is um, human trafficking organization, um, fight human trafficking. (laughs) Um, But this, this Instagram post on her page really caught my eye. And it went like this. If you're constantly minimizing yourself, if you're constantly doubting yourself, if you're constantly feeling inadequate, if you're constantly feeling frustrated, if you're constantly hiding your real feeling, your real thoughts, if you're constantly ruminating or rehashing, 
if you're constantly navigating drama, if you're constantly feeling worse about yourself, if you're constantly watching everything you say, if you're constantly trying to change yourself, if you're constantly trying to adapt, if you're constantly overlooked or unseen, if you're constantly trying to make them happy, if you're constantly feeling like an interruption, if you're constantly walking on eggshells, if you're constantly treated without dignity, if you're constantly having to earn approval, if you're constantly emotionally exhausted, then perhaps that friendship, relationship, affiliation, or association is not for you. I have been in friendships and relationships and jobs where I've had to do some of the things mentioned above. And unfortunately, it's been too many times. And I have fine and those things landed me with a low self-esteem and lots of bitterness. And I have finally learned what my triggers are that mean that I need to distance myself from those types of relationships. The alarms in my head sound like the severe weather warnings that we hear on the radio or TV, and so I run from them. Um, I find that I am happier and healthier mentally and physically when I have healthy relationships in my life. I have more joy these days, too, because of these decisions. And they may seem harsh, but I have a family to think of who need a mentally healthy wife and mom and sister and daughter and friend and co-worker, okay? So um, I have to run. I have to flee from those things. I have sacrificed my well-being for friendships before, and all I have gotten is mentally ill. God does not want that for us. He wants us to have a joyful life. As I've said before, I treat these people with respect when I see them, but I hold them at an arm's distance. I treat them as I would want to be treated, When we're together, um, we are human. We were not meant to get along with everyone, but we are expected to treat them with respect and love when we do see them. Um, I have also struggled with self-inflicted expectations. Um, In other words, I have not measured up to where I wanted to be by now. Um, I feel like this comes from comparing my life to another person's life. I am too busy comparing my completely imperfect life to another person's perfect Facebook or Instagram page. Do you guys do that? Do you compare your... imperfect life to another person's perfect life on Facebook and Instagram. I compare how good of a mother I am to another mother. 
I compare how good of a wife I am to another wife. And really, we only see the perfect parts of these people that we are comparing ourselves to. We don't see what happens behind their closed doors. We only see their pictures or how they are in public. We don't post about the disasters that happen in our lives, right? I mean, in reality, these people struggle just as much and maybe more than we do. We don't know. We don't know what happens in their household. So stop comparing because comparing steals our joy. Stop doing it. (laughs) Um, You'll probably hear me say this again and again and again and again. Stop doing it. Um, I say it because I'm also telling myself to stop doing it. I'm getting better, guys. But like I said, we're, I'm an imperfect human. So it's very easy for me to compare and, and want their life sometimes. So we need to stay focused on God and staying in our own lanes. If we want if he wanted to make us all the same and living the same lives, then he would have he totally could have done that, but he didn't. He made us all different. He made us to all live different lives. He made us all with different talents. He gave us all different paths to follow. And we need to accept that and live our lives out to the fullest. Stop comparing. I feel like when we compare ourselves to someone else, that it may be insulting to God just a little bit. He created you to be you. So be you. He created you. He only makes beautiful things. So you are beautiful and wonderful. You are an original. And yes, we are not perfect, but that is totally okay. Because he loves us and all of our imperfections. Accept where you are now and work on what he wants you to do with your life. Be so busy doing what he wants you to do that you don't have time to compare yourself to someone else. Like, guys, like, do you know how many times I had wanted to go to a gym and I didn't do it because I was afraid what other people would think of me? Let me tell you. Especially if you go to like a class of some sort, an exercise class, nobody's looking at you. They are so worried about what they're doing in their own lane that they could care less that you can't do a sit up, a push up, a mountain climber, pull down the, pull down the, the, um, pull up, you know, how many pull ups can you do? None. Nobody cares because they're down there doing their own pull ups. Get it? So stop comparing, stay in your lane, live your life, okay? And then 
if you do that, if you stay in your own lane and you just focus on what God wants you to do with your life, you won't have time to compare. So watch your joy grow when you do this. And don't worry about what others are thinking about you. Like I just said, only care about what God thinks of you. That's all that matters. Truly. You're like, should live your life for one and one only, and that's God. I have struggled with comparing for the majority of my life. And as soon as I stopped caring, I became happier. Instead of comparing myself to another person, I'm finding myself feeling joy for others and their accomplishments. Instead of feeling jealous, I am truly happy for them. Instead of wanting their life, I am more and more grateful for my own life. So what are your joy killers? Um, I challenge you to be really honest with yourself and recognize what they are so that you can pray about them and work on fixing them with God's help. I'm going to pause for a few moments so that you can think about them and maybe you want to write them down if you're able to and maybe you're just going to mentally acknowledge them for right now because you're walking or driving but I challenge you to write them down when you get a chance and then pray about them with God or share them with a friend who can help you work through them so I'm going to take a short break And now that we have acknowledged our joy killers, we're going to talk about our joy generators when I come back from the break. Welcome back. So the first thing that I wanted to do and I feel like we should all do in order to generate joy is acknowledge God's joyfulness. As Pastor Lee said, joy is a characteristic of God. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The Lord your God is with you. He is a hero who saves you. He happily rejoices over you, renews you with his love, and celebrates over you with shouts of joy. So guys, what that says is, is we bring him joy so he should also generate joy in us. The creator of the universe finds joy in us. That should mean the world to us. And even with all of our missteps and flaws and imperfections, we bring him joy. And you know what? That gives me joy. To know that there is someone who is going to accept me for me, no matter what, feels completely amazing and we can always put this joy generator into play as soon as I got closer to God I felt more joy in my life the closer I got to him and listened to what he had to tell me I felt such a change in my life I didn't feel as bitter and I found myself forgiving others more 
and my joy killers were starting to fade away. The other thing that has brought me much joy is to share the love of Jesus with all of you. When I started to lean into God more and listen to what he wanted me to know, then I also learned how I was meant to share the gospel with others. He shared with me that I was supposed to record this podcast. And I get so much joy from sharing the gospel with all of you. Helping others to see that it is okay that we are not perfect and that God still loves us. So I challenge you to share the good news about Jesus with others. So when Pastor Lee shared this as a joy generator, there was something that I thought about. It convicted me. We will share about so many different things via Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and all that stuff. And we need to do the same with Jesus and the good news. Like, ouch, that hurt. Like, like I'll share... I'll share what I did, you know, on vacation, but will I share what I did with Jesus? What I learned from Jesus today? On those platforms? That I, I really felt convicted about it. So, guys, we were told about Jesus by someone. Can you imagine what your life would look like if the person that shared the gospel with you had decided not to? Like, I just want you to listen to that food for thought and realize that I was convicted with that same statement. We need to be bold for Jesus and share about him. We were given a gift by the person who shared with us about him, and we need to re-gift it to others. Have you ever given someone a gift and seen the look of pure joy on their face when they opened that gift? Please realize that sharing the gospel is a gift as well, and when a person accepts the gift of Jesus, they have a look of pure joy. Their life is completely changed. Let's make sure that we are re-gifting the gift of Jesus as much as possible. We need to remain close to Jesus. Being in constant relationship with him has given me so much joy. When I start to flounder, he always reminds me that I have him in my life and so I should be joyful. When I start to get angry about something, he usually reminds me that it could be much worse. When I remain close to him, then I am constantly reminded of what brings me joy. And I stay on track. I don't compare. I don't get as angry or hold on to bitterness. I keep healthy relationships close and unhealthy relationships at an arm's distance. I have the wisdom to see the alarms when I am starting to get involved in an unhealthy relationship or make a bad decision that will steal my joy. 
What are you going to do to generate joy in your life? I'm going to list all the joy generators in the show notes so that you can look at what they are um, and see which one you want to start with to help start to generate or regenerate the joy in your life. Don't forget that you have to realize what might be killing your joy first, okay? And address that. And then pick a joy generator. Listen, it, your, your joy killer doesn't have to be totally fixed to start a joy generator, okay? Just make sure that you're acknowledging what's killing your joy. Or you might just be spinning your tires, okay? So... Maybe yours is displaying God's attributes in worship. Maybe yours is making sure that you are living in biblical community with others. This one is vital to having joy. You need to stay in contact with people who think like you. Now, that doesn't mean that we ostracize the people who don't know Jesus. Okay? He walked with all kinds of people and he loved them all. However, we need other Christians to make sure that we stand firm in our beliefs and foundation. We can't share about the joy of Jesus if we stay only with believers. That gets us nowhere and doesn't grow the kingdom of God. We need to make sure that we get as many people to know Jesus as possible so that we can get as many people to heaven as we can. That's our job. If we stay with only believers, then this isn't possible. They're already going to heaven. Okay. Um, However, we need to be in contact with other believers so that we can encourage one another and keep our joy. The world is a dark place. We don't want our lights to go out. Maybe you need to give the joy killers that you identified in your life over to God. Um, That's not really a maybe. That's a definite. We all need to do that. But when we are starting out small and picking a couple of joy generators to get us jump started, then that may be the big one. Give those joy killers over to God so that he can fight those battles. Maybe you don't know about God at all, and you just happened upon this podcast. I'm really excited that you have listened to this point without knowing him. And I'm hoping that you have been encouraged to know that you can have joy in this life. The main ingredient to joy is Jesus. I encourage you to read the book of Mark to learn more about Jesus and his life and all that he has done for us. He died for us and rose again so that we can have eternal life. And he would love to have a relationship with you and be your best friend. You will find a friend who understands you and accepts you. Imperfections and all. And if you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. 
I believe you died for my sins. Right now, I turn from my sins and open the door of my heart and life. I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, then congratulations. You have made the best decision of your life. I want to thank all of you for listening. I pray that we all find the joy that only God can give us. May we all hand over our joy killers to him and focus on the things that generate joy. Until next time, be blessed.